no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. All right, it's good to be back together. First and Pod, thanks for hanging out. Subscribe, rate, review. Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Uh, Pony, before we get into all of Week 18, uh, as we're recording this on Thursday night, fairly remarkable day of positive news with regards to DeMar Hamlin. I've been off the air, so I know you've been covering this very closely, given his his Pittsburgh ties. Um, this is the first time I've really been able to comment on it uh, publicly in any way. I'll just say, fairly remarkable across the board. Like, the fact that it is heading in the, a positive direction at this moment, health-wise, amazing. The grace that his family has shown being thrust into such a national story like this, incredible. The charitable component, amazing. His teammates, the Bengals' teammates, both coaches, I would even say largely the media, the NFL, the Bills medical staff performing CPR in less than a minute, saving his life, University of Cincinnati Hospital. Like it, it, it really feels across the board like the society and the system just worked. It, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible story, obviously, but there's a lot of good in it too. And uh, there aren't often stories like that. So that's kind of been my perspective being able to watch it from Monday to Thursday without really commenting on it and being able to just like zoom out a little bit. It's, it's just, it's been a nice story of humanity around a a tragic moment, frankly. Yeah. There's a lot of good actors in this. A lot of them. You know, there's obviously the people who responded right away when you you listen to the Cincinnati doctors talk and, he was brought back to life on the field. Yep. And those harrowing nine minutes where CPR was being performed, where all the football players involved and the people that were getting secondhand uh, reports like uh, the ESPN people. And then once it got out on social media, and when you found out that this was a life or death situation, you know, something that we had never really seen before on a football field I mean, we've seen we've seen neck injury spinal cord but nothing like this um from yeah i mean i i i agree with pretty much everything you just said you know there are a lot of stories nfl stories professional sports stories where you know we pick sides and it's good versus bad and it's you know who did something right who did something wrong who do we agree with who do we disagree with and you know, it sucks that it takes something like this to galvanize and bring people together. But that's, I mean, that's not just a sports related thing. That's a societal thing where yeah. it's like the, the biggest tragedies are what bond us as people. And then time goes by and we go off in our own tribes and, you know, go off to our own, you know, safe spaces again. And it takes something awful or something terrible to bring us back together. So yeah, I had the same, maybe 
same epiphany as you, like, you know, this is today, especially Thursday, starting with, you know, the overnight news that he had, he was, he was awake. He was holding hands with his family. His father addressed the Bills team, which we'll get to in a second when we talk about that game. But I would agree, like it definitely took on an uplifting tone uh, by Thursday afternoon and Thursday night. Yeah, and the only thing, and we'll get to some of the logistics of the football side of it as we go through the games, but... Which is much easier to talk about too, by the way. Yeah. Which was why really we weren't on, you know, you, 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 you sent out that note for everybody who subscribes to the podcast. Like, we just didn't think it was appropriate Monday night to go through the rest of the NFL game. So we bagged it. And I feel even better about that decision now, a couple of days later. Yeah, me too. And, and I mean, I mean, you know, it could have gone any way. Like we, we could have been breaking news that would have rendered anything we said completely obsolete in either direction, yep. positive or negative. It would have felt ridiculous to transition to the other games. So many things that we didn't know. Um, and we just had the luxury of being able to punt, no pun intended, uh, until we had more information. Uh, I do wonder if like there's going to be anything that comes out of this, like the DeMar Hamlin rule when it comes to like long-term healthcare, I could, I could see there being something like if, depending on what type of recovery he makes, because he didn't qualify for, you know, cause he hasn't been in the league long enough for some of the more long-term healthcare and health coverage. I wonder if there'll be, I mean, obviously he's going to be supported by the bills organization and by philanthropic support and, and all of that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me given how much has t- been talked about with player safety and how, um, how much the NFL falls short in terms of taking care of these guys long into, you know, post playing career. It wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being a galvanizing change for something there. Once we figure out exactly what he needs. Yeah. Um, I I would like to think that it will be, but I've also talked with enough ex players over the last few days. And this is just their read on the situation. So I'm only, I'm only relaying what I've heard from some guys who are retired now. But there is a sense from the people, at least that I talk to, like whenever these CBA negotiations take place, the players that are making those decisions will make trades with the owners where they will surrender or give up things that are long-term to benefit the amount of money that they get while they're playing. And I don't think that there's a solution to that, to be honest with you. And I don't see that trend really changing. Um, so that that's the really difficult part of this is that you know it isn't just a, it isn't just a Roger Goodell decision or it isn't just a billionaire decision. The players do have a seat at the table. They don't have as much leverage, obviously, because they're not in it long term like the owners, and they don't have as much money as them in these situations. But that is something that was brought to my attention over the last few days. So. All right, so it, it obviously is a huge story, and it hangs over some of these games and some of these storylines. Um, and so let's do what we do and go through every game, every team. So we'll start with DeMar Hamlin's team, Patriots, Bills. The NFL is playing the game. Um, how does that make you feel? Well, up until you know maybe 12 hours ago, I didn't feel right about it. You, know, you saw what Joe Burrow said about side conversations in Cincinnati, that even those guys – there were players, and I think we know now that T. Higgins was clearly one of those guys, 
who didn't feel like it made a lot of sense for them to play the Ravens game. And those are guys that are not, you know, that weren't around DeMar Hamlin every day since training camp. And so we got that from the Cincinnati side last night. And then obviously when the positive news came out about Hamlin, it changed. And then hearing Sean McDermott and Josh Allen today. I mean, we'll get into the, the what the eight, what they're going to try to do with the um, seating and everything, Danny. But it sounded to, it sounds to me like regardless of what ruling they come up with, even if that game is inconsequential from a standings playoff standpoint to the Bills, they're going to go out there and try to win the game and dedicate the game to Hamlin, which and to the, I was, and to the first responders, like I, I think. I think I think there's going to be a pretty amazing show at the stadium for the medical team who performs CPR on the field. Like I, I think it's going to be a, a fairly singular, amazing atmosphere, and I'd, I'd be surprised if the Bills didn't win. And the degenerate in me wants to lay the seven because uh, I thought that there was a chance that the Bills' take on the game might be we just saw you know, the the most traumatic freak accident ever play out in an NFL field. If this game doesn't mean anything in the standings, do we just treat it like a preseason game almost and play everybody and get out of there? And we might have to deal with the Patriots next week. Right. So maybe we don't even, from a strategic standpoint, want to put a lot out there. But after watching and listening to those guys today, I think I think you're right. I think they're going to, it's going to be one of the most emotional locker rooms before a game. And the scene in Buffalo, which is always great, will be even better for this game. They're going to want to win this game for Hamlin and his family. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I guess maybe this is a good time to talk about the seating and like the ramifications of it. When we talk Chiefs Raiders, the, the Chiefs clinch the one seed if Bill's Bengals uh, game ends up being no contest. Are you and okay? depending on what happens with the with this AFC owners meeting on Friday. Right. So this is one of those times where I feel like everybody involved has shown the correct perspective, right? A guy almost died on the field. The players treat it like a brotherhood. People have been very respectful. This didn't happen in a game between two teams that aren't in the playoff rate is right. The game was literally billed as the game of the year. And it's so late in the season that they can't make it up. It, it's a perfect storm of, of a lack of contingency plan, right? There is no manual for this type of situation for Roger Goodell. So I look at this as there's no perfect solution. Like if the AFC championship game is played on a neutral field, say in Indianapolis, there's like some like, you know, reasonable location I'd be fine with that so you're when you bring that up you're obviously talking about what Schefter said on Thursday yeah about the neutral site thing so here's what I brought up about that wouldn't that same thing apply in the divisional round like what if the Bills and Bengals by by win percentage ended up as the two and three seed where do you play that game right is that a neutral site game too Correct. And, and, and I think, I think that, that that's exactly, that's exactly. And then the idea of like a team choosing, like the, the one seed chooses the buy 
or they choose home field advantage, but then the two seed gets whichever the other one doesn't choose. Like I always like that stuff in terms of just like game theory. Like I, I like when there's but again, that leaves the third team out of it. We're I know talking about three teams here, not two. No, I, I understand that. My point is there's no perfect solution and someone is going to get, and I say this term with like absolutely no malice attached to it. Someone's going to get screwed. Like they're going to get like sports screwed, you know, but it tough shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like playing the, when the Packers hosted the NFC championship game uh, a couple of years ago in COVID and there was 9,000 people in the stands and they lose the game. So they yeah. don't really have a home field advantage at Lambeau. Yep. Like, you know, tough shit. You like, brought that what, up before. When the, what, you know, I mean, I think that, that like, if, if you watch that game, it was like, there was not, there was no advantage to that game being at Lambeau whatsoever. Like the, when the NBA played, and I know these aren't perfect apples to apples comparisons, but again, there's no precedent for this type of situation with these teams, with that close a record, having a game called no contest because a dude almost died on the field with one week left in a season, you know, and we're in a new part of the, like, it also feels different because there's only one buy now in the playoffs. It feels a little different if, you know, you get to play this week, two teams get a buy, and it's just the difference between, you know, the AFC championship game and it's one thing. And to your point, you just play that game as a neutral site and you're done with it. But, you know, was was the... Was the bubble perfectly fair? I don't know. Maybe. So what? So what is the best of a, of, of of a bad situation for you? I, I think I think you I think win percentage is the only thing that makes sense. And if and you go from there, and in, and you go to whatever the next tiebreaker is, and if they don't want to do multiple games at neutral sites, then one team, depending on who wins and loses this week is going to have to play an extra road game. Yeah. Tough shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the grand scheme, I thought what Joe Burrow said, and I know he wasn't saying it in the context of the postseason. He was saying it in the context earlier in the week on Wednesday of, like, making up the game. He said, we'll do whatever Buffalo wants to do. I don't know that he would apply that same logic to the postseason, but I feel like there has to be – and football players, you know enough of them – they have this like like when the schedule comes out, they'll just tell us when we're playing. You know, there there's not going to be a lot of bitching and moaning about this. I don't think. Like, make a decision, do your best. Don't make it be financially motivated, right? Don't make it like, well, we're going to do it this place because we need to get ticket revenue or something like that. Like, just do it as fair as you can. It won't be perfect, and just everyone has to put on their big boy pants and understand. Do yeah, you I have, would do not. You, do you have a? Do you have a? Well, I would. I, I, I would just go by win percentage, and that would benefit the Chiefs the most because then all they would have to do is beat the Raiders, and I would just keep it the way that it is. I would not try to make a messy situation all the more complicated. I would not add an extra playoff team in the AFC. I would definitely. Not I would not schedule multiple neutral site games. I would not do this like maybe. You know, I I had somebody who works for an NFL team say, what if you played the game in Kansas City, but you gave, you know, 30% or 30,000 tickets to Bill's season ticket holders at Arrowhead? 
so they could turn it into a neutral site game in Kansas City. You know, like I've heard. Good luck. Yeah, I've heard stuff like that. So to me, you're just making it. You're just you're just making it harder than it needs to be. Yeah, but I just but but I I don't think anyone's going to come on and say there's an asterisk on any of this. No, I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't think that there is. But 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 I'm just saying I, I I don't think that like based on how it's playing now, maybe in three weeks, you know, like it, people will like become callous again and they'll be, you know, complaining about it. But I just, you got to play an extra road game. You got to do that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not life or death. This incident almost was. That's. The that's Bills won in Kansas City this year and Bur- yeah. Joe Burrow won there last year. They, right. There. Yeah. It just is what it is. You can't, you, you're not going to make this perfect. Uh, it does suck. We didn't get to see those teams finish it out on the field though. Yeah, I agree. You know, just, just from a pure football standpoint, uh, I hope we see it in the playoffs. Giants and Eagles. Do you think how Philly's playing without Jalen Hurts helps his MVP case? Do you think it proves that he's the MVP? No, I got to do an argument. Uh, I got to do a little argument with James Jones about this. Name dropper. The former Packer. Uh, he said that this actually improves Jalen Hurts' stock as MVP. Um, and here's the analogy I wanted to make, but time constraints didn't allow for it. We have finalists for the Hall of Fame. If you were great for 10 years and somebody was great for eight years, the guy who was great for 10 should be in the Hall of Fame over the guy that was great for eight. So if Patrick Mahomes was great for more games than Jalen Hurts. He should get the MVP over him. People that use the strict definition of, well, now we know when you subtract Jalen Hurts, who the Eagles really are. But he didn't have to earn the MVP in the same way that Mahomes did, or Mahomes will, with 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like, I want the guy that had, you know, he played. he's going to play 17 games. Not everyone was perfect, but give me the guy that had... 14 really good games over the guy who only played in 14 games. Uh, I agree with you. Like, I think that it can always, like, again, there can be a little bit of nuance here. Do I think this makes me even more impressed with Jalen Hurts? The answer yes. Is yes. Yes, of course. Yep. Right? Like, it, it, it does show his value. It does show that it's not just plug and play and they're so loaded that anybody like San Francisco. Right. Exactly. Like it, it does improve my opinion of Jalen hurts. That's a separate question of, does it improve it enough to him not playing overtaking Pat Mahomes? Who's 430 passing yards away from the single season passing record thrown to Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, we haven't got to see what it would look like without Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, but we've seen what it looks like in Kansas City without Tyree Kill, and he's still performing at an insane level. Yeah. So I, I think this is one of those things where two things can be true. Like, yes, I my, my respect for what Jalen Hurts has done has actually improved by not watching him play, but enough to make him the MVP over Pat Mahomes, who is doing more with less. 
I think that answer is clearly no. Cowboys commanders. How would you approach it if you were Mike McCarthy? Would you play to win? No. No, there's zero incentive in winning. And I mean, when I mean zero, I mean absolutely none. Cooper Rush would be out there against Sam Howell. I'd have uh, basically whatever the inactive number is between, so it's what, 45 and 53, eight guys. My eight best players are watching this game in street clothes. And then I'm basically playing my second and third team and special teamers the entire game. If you win and somehow Philly were to lose, you're still not going to be the one seed because the Niners are going to throttle the Cardinals. So they would win the tiebreaker over you. You'd be the two seed and you'd get a date with Green Bay. That's not, that's not what you want. I, I, that, that to me doesn't seem like enough of a reward to play guys against Washington. No, they're resting. They're getting a bye week. I completely agree with you. I'm not convinced that they're going to do it though. Me neither because, because, because Mike football, McCarthy. Yeah, because Mike McCarthy and, and football coaches, man. <laughs> football coaches are so, they, they are just, they're trained to be week to week. The objective is to win. The objective is the next drill, the next film session, the next practice, the next game. And it it, it takes like an intervention almost. Like, like Ron Rivera, I don't like begrudge him this, but it was a perfect encapsulation. Like him not knowing that they yep. could have been eliminated, it, it just shows like he's just locked in on we got to win. We got to win. We got to win. But I, but I, but I do right. think that Jerry Jones is so media yes. conscious that if he actually saw or heard somebody outside the organization make an impassioned plea for them not to play people, he would actually listen to it, agree with it, and tell McCarthy not to play those guys. That's their only it doesn't even need to be to someone outside the organization. Like it's the GM's job. The GM's job is supposed to always be about this team and the next team and down the road and the waiver wire. Like, good example here in Chicago. After the last game, Matt Eberflus was like, yeah, I mean, if Justin's healthy, he's playing in week 18. And then on Monday, he was like, yeah, the single season rushing record's important, but, you know, we're going to talk to Ryan about, you know, personnel and who plays. And then on Wednesday, they ruled his ass out. Yep. You know what I mean? Because, like, what the hell's the point? Uh, you're going for the number one pick. So, like, good organizations save football coaches from themselves. And I don't know if the Cowboys are a good organization, but I think that they should save Mike McCarthy from himself. Lions-Packers, what do you make of the timing of this game? I'm a big, big, big opponent of it. I think it's just... I think it's a terrible job by the NFL. I don't know who. I'm guessing NBC wanted it because they didn't want Titans and the Jaguars. They wanted Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Packers in prime time. But it's just patently unfair to the competitive integrity of the game. I get it. Dan Campbell's going to be one of these guys who says, if we know we're eliminated, we still want to you know bite their kneecap off and keep them out of the playoffs. Misery loves company. It will not, they will be deflated, the Lions, at least temporarily, if they know at around 7.30 Eastern time that they're not up 
they're out of the playoff uh, contention. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, if the Seahawks beat the Rams, then the Lions go into the game knowing that they've been eliminated. How how do you not have those two games start at the same time? It's insane. It's insane. The 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 other game is for the division. It Titans Jags is for a division title. It is and and and, it, I, and I know that and I know that there's a weird path for Jacksonville to get themselves into the playoffs even if they were to lose that game as a wild card so two yeah. eight nine teams could go. Yeah, so but, so if the if the Titans win the I just wrote out the the hypotheticals. If the Titans win, the Jaguars can still get in. If Pittsburgh loses to Cleveland, New England loses to Buffalo, or that uh Miami loses to the Jets. But if the Jaguars which, win, but if the Jaguars win, Titans right, are I mean, and, and and at least to their credit, at least that's a standalone national TV game on Saturday night. Like, you know what I mean? It's the part of the doubleheader on, on Saturday, but I I still agree with you that the fact that the Lions could be eliminated before the game starts, that's not what it's supposed to be for the last the last game of the regular season. You gotta have you gotta have you gotta guarantee that both teams have something to play for. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast jets dolphins oh this report pissed me off i know uh, that's why i brought it up here i i, I knew you, my audience in yeah this case, you really you. do you're 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 spencer's the producer but you do the thursday rundowns i do the sunday rundowns this is this is are you buying reports that uh, Mike McDaniel's job's in jeopardy because of the losing streak? Are you? Uh, in in one very specific way, yes. In one very specific way, I do think yes. Sort of way. Yeah, in the in the I can't predict the future statement today. To me, reeked of. Uh, if you really, really want me, you know my agent's number. But you need to really, really, really want me. It's going to take a lot. You better give me an offer that I can't refuse to get me to leave Michigan. And Stephen Ross, for people who don't know, the owner of the Dolphins is like the biggest Michigan booster. And he's flirted with Harbaugh publicly on and off for a long time. Um, Would you rather have Harbaugh or McDaniel? McDaniel. 
McDaniel. I Harbaugh is a good coach. He's had success in the NFL with varying quarterbacks. But McDaniel feels like he's the present and the future of the NFL. Like, just like with the grouping of coaches that he has come up with that are having that level of offensive success in the league, it's it's the new Andy Reid tree is the McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur, McDaniel, Taylor, like th- those guys, like that, that's what you want. And so I think let it's- me, in- Let me just throw something out there for you. Okay? I, just, I, I, think, I think it's completely insane. But let me just stop you for a second. Okay. Would you, would both sides say yes to this trade? Mike McDaniel for Sean Payton. New Orleans and Miami. The Dolphins get Payton. The Saints get McDaniel. I mean, the Saints would a thousand percent say yes. And I think Miami would too, because they wanted Peyton. So why don't the Saints just blow Dennis Allen out of there and trade and swap straight up McDaniel for... Well, now, would McDaniel so, so, say, I don't want to coach the Saints, fire me? Basically, he might. Well, right, I mean, that, right. So has that ever happened? I mean, coaches have been traded for comp. But why couldn't they be traded for each other if everybody involved agreed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be well, and I mean, because, players don't have to agree. Because my point is, McDaniel is one of these coaches where if Ross did something rash, he would get swept. He would get swooped up immediately. He'd be hired immediately. So if he's fed up with the guy because they collapsed, why wouldn't you try to get something for him? Is my point. Oh no, it's it's a. Do you think the Saints would rather have Mike McDaniel? Or a first-round pick and then just hire a coach? Oh, I think they'd rather have McDaniel because of exactly what you just said. I think they feel like they're getting a geekier, younger version of Sean Payton. Oh, I think he's ve- I think he's very valuable, but I think tr- give me a first-round pick and then I will just hire Mike McDaniel. Like, I, I'd want, I don't I'd think want... Mike McDaniel, if left to his own devices, would pick the Saints. No, I think he would try to, I mean, depending on what happens with Brandon Staley, I, I think that's the job that everybody's waiting for. I think it's the job that Sean Payton's waiting for. I think it's the job that any anybody who would be maneuvering in that way is waiting for. Are the Chargers going to give Herbert an offensive coach? Um, all right, Titans-Jaguars, finally. Let's talk a little gambling here. What do you make of the line? It... I'm I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna pull it up right now to see if it's to see if it's moved. Is it but six it and is, a half? It's still Jaguars six and a half. So because it's I'm Josh bet, Dobbs at quarterback for Tennessee. Yes, it is the Rocket Man. So I'm gonna bet the Jaguars, just so everybody knows that, because I couldn't live with myself if I bet Tennessee. But I talked to Chad Millman this morning. And he told me God, are you that a name dropper today? He told me that like everybody he's talked to in the professional betting space loves Tennessee. And that there's a reason why that line is not more like the Eagles Giants line or the Cardinals 49ers line, where given what Tennessee has looked like the last few weeks and what Jacksonville has done. That should be somewhere between a touchdown and 10-point line. 
based on the way those two teams have played in the last month between between seven and ten. So Derrick Henry. So Vrabel did what you just talked about that Mike McCart like Vrabel did the eh, F it this game doesn't matter against uh, Dallas and sat Henry. He rested guys. Right. He gave his team, he gave his best players for the most part, anybody that was dinged up a bye last week. Well, I just so pulled the rest too. So, so, so Derek Henry, so they, they played December 11th and Jacksonville won 36-22. But Derek mm-hmm. Henry had 17 for 121. So maybe it's, it doesn't matter that Josh Dobbs is the quarterback. They're rested. They're going all in for this game. And they're going to just feed the rock to Derrick Henry 40 times. And they're going to try to, they're going to try to dominate it that way. I think I'm everybody with- in the entire NFL knows that though. You don't have to be John Madden to know that that's what the Titans are going to do in this game. Yeah, but nobody can stop Derrick Henry, man. It doesn't matter if you're if you game plan for him. Like so, that. what are you saying? You think Tennessee is going to win that game? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a reason why the line is what it is. Okay, I understand that, but you're but but you're not saying you're not making a case to bet that number effectively because you're not going to do it. You're not I'm even not, playing devil's no, advocate. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, but but I'm I'm wondering if every pro likes the Titans, it would probably behoove me to try to start winning games to bet with the Sharps instead of betting with you. Even though, as Spencer points out, we are 2-0 and on show bets. So, Well, but this game also represents everything we've believed in all year. That's right. Jacksonville was going to win the division and that the Titans were frauds. Yes, and the Jacksonville got crowned too early, but that they were good and they were going to be a better team in the second half of the year than the first half of the year, but that the Titans were frauds. We, we talked about the AFC South lines. I'm like the first nine episodes of this podcast. <laughs> I know we really did, <laughs> and and we were like, eventually it'll be indie, right? It's gonna be indie. It's gonna be indie, and then here they are. Um, all right, let's keep it moving here. Ravens, Bengals. So your question here is: Has Lamar Jackson played his last game for Baltimore? Yes. Do you what believe do you that? We went around the room off the air today in Pittsburgh, and every person I talked to said yes. Why would Baltimore do that? When he plays, they win. When he doesn't play... He doesn't want to play. They're unwatchable. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play ever? I don't think he wants to play again this year because he thinks he's not 100%. If you saw John Harbaugh in his very terse press conference about it on Thursday... His tone on Jackson has changed entirely. Where before he was saying things like, we think we'll get him back soon. We just got to be careful. Things like that. To now it's like, he's very stern and dismissive about anything regarding Jackson. He thought he was going to have Lamar Jackson back weeks ago. And there was all this reporting about he doesn't want to play with a brace on. He doesn't like the brace, but he might have to wear the brace and all that thing, all that stuff. No, I, I don't think, and like all the ex-players who comment on this are saying, dude, you got to look out for yourself. Well, I agree with that, but I don't, I I could see him not playing this year if he doesn't feel 100% healthy. Like I, I, got no, I got no issue with that, but 
What are they going to? They're just going to trade Lamar Jackson. That's that's, that's my. I I think that this I think that this is the straw that breaks the camel's back on that, and they just agree. You know what? This isn't long term going to work out between us. Let's let's make a trade happen. I don't know, man. The the with Lamar without Lamar offensive numbers, and I know quarter I know wins are not a quarterback stat, but they are pretty jarring. No, I know. Um, like the Ravens support cast, we've talked about it all year on offense is just not good. But Lamar makes it work. So, like if if they I'm trying to think, if they traded Lamar Jackson and they like just acquired draft assets, would they just be trying to tank next year and just go for Caleb? Williams? All right, let me ask you. Let me propose you another hypothetical trade. If you're Seattle, would you trade? the Russ pick for Lamar Jackson straight up? Who says no to that? Seattle. Why? Seattle doesn't want Lamar Jackson? I think because you immediately have to pay Lamar $50 million a year. That That should be a team that's ready to win now. You just gave me the record for the Ravens when Lamar Jackson plays. You're going to win with him. It's proven. Do you I mean would you? No, I would not. But I'm not, but I'm saying knowing knowing about both of these teams, who says no about that deal? And I don't I, I don't think what, what the alternative is. Well, we'll get to Seattle in a little bit, but I think I think Baltimore would say yes to that trade in a second. Then they would just draft their quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Baltimore probably would. I think Seattle, man, it, listen, trading picks and signing the player immediately, it's the most expensive way to acquire talent in the NFL. We just saw Cleveland do it with a guy that had missed an entire year. Oh, I mean, we see it all the time. We we see it with non-quarterbacks. I mean, uh the Jalen Ramsey trade, the Jamal Adams trade, the Khalil Mack trade. We we see it all the time. AJ Brown, right? We've seen it with receivers, Tyree yep. Kill. We see it all the time. Um, it's just it's usually for a the guy that you think's gonna like the final piece, the thing that's gonna like put you over the the edge. I don't know that Seattle views themselves as being a Lamar Jackson away, but it's a nice hypothetical. Um are we excited to bet against the Vikings? Vikings Bears. Nathan Peterman starting for the Bears. Uh, Bears need to lose, and then they need Lovey Smith to come through for the Texans against the Colts. And the Chicago Bears will have the number one pick in the draft and Justin Fields. We talk about that part of it later. But how excited are you to bet against the Vikings Wild Card Weekend? So you, you brought this up weeks yeah. ago about who would be, who would the Vikings be favored against? in the first round of the playoffs. And I wanted to bring that back up after their embarrassing performance against the Packers. And I think we're pretty much down to the Giants and Seahawks. And that's it. And even then, I think you could probably make a case for the Giants being favored, but I don't think they would be. I don't think they would be either. And I don't think Seattle would. But I can tell you this, you've you've softened on it more recently, but there was a long time when you were like, they've got the talent and they're winning, but they're just not playing that well. You've got to be off that, right? Yeah. They they allow over 400 yards a game. Like, yeah, the defensive part <laughs> of it 
I just can't stomach anymore. It's indefensible. It's it's a it's a they don't rush the passer and they don't cover and they don't particularly tackle and they don't force turnovers. Um, it's a hell of a combination. But they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no team that I would bet Minnesota. I'm not saying really? that I 100 will bet against them. But there is no team in the NFL. Well, see, that's interesting you say that because if they got Detroit or they got Green Bay and those teams were favored there, which they would You bet them against Green Bay? In Minnesota? Yeah, probably. Oh, you're high. No, I I told you I don't do that anymore. I know. Nobody likes a quitter. Um. Okay, so we get to talk more about the number one pick in the Bears with the Texans Colts. Okay, that's fine. So I'll I'll, t- I'll table that for a minute. Chargers Broncos. Oh, you like Jim Harbaugh in Denver? How do you think he would do? He's not. He would never take that job. Why? There's at least 150 million reasons for him to take that job. Yeah. You think that that guy wants to tie himself to Russell Wilson and go up against Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes four times a year? He's so weird. He might. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you say that. Like any reasonable person would say no, but are we dealing with a normal guy here? He did like sleepovers with kicker recruits in Idaho. Like, oh no, I mean, yeah, he's a weird guy. He drinks he hikes milk. his khakis up to his nipples when he like. He's a weird guy, man. Yeah, he drinks whole milk with steak. Yeah, yeah. He's a weird, yes, but I, and listen. $150 million, I'll go get my teeth kicked in in the AFC West too and blame it all on the quarterback. Um, and football coaches believe that they are the magic potion that can solve everything and that they're this elixir and, you know, he did it with other guys. Why can't he do it with Russell Wilson? I, I'm, I'm sure the ego and the money would he, – he, he'd answer the phone call. But, man, that is a terrible job. It's a terrible job. Okay, so let's say... Other than the money, it's a terrible job. Let's say the Chargers make the playoffs and win a playoff game and Staley is locked in there for another year. Yeah. Among jobs that will probably become available. With Denver, you've got deep pockets. Now, there's a salary cap. Yeah, it doesn't matter for players. Danny, I, I just can see Harbaugh thinking... I can see a little bit of myself in Russell Wilson from when I was a quarterback, guy in his 30s. People are starting to give up on him. We both have these weird personalities. You know, I mean, I just. All right, so wait. Do you you think Harbaugh will coach in the NFL next season? Yes or no? Binary question. Can we run through the jobs real quick that we think are going to be open? Okay. So New Orleans. Denver. Well, wait a minute. I don't I don't know about New Orleans. I don't know about New Orleans. If they beat Carolina on if they beat Carolina on Sunday, they're what, eight and nine? I don't know about that. Okay. They closed they closed with wins against Philly. Their defense played out of their minds the last seven or eight games of the season. I'm not sure that that's available. We know Indy, Carolina, and Denver for sure are, are interim coachings. And, and Houston, we feel pretty good about, right? Like, Lovey's not there long-term. So they're going to pay two coaches in the last two years to not work, Cully and Lovey. What was the point of hiring Lovey? They, I mean, they signed him to real short deals 
but I can't. I don't think Lovey's getting another year, man. Like, you, I don't think they're turning over the number one pick to Lovey Smith. How about Cleveland? Um, yeah. How about what? Arizona? See, like that's a job I could see him taking. That Cle- Cleveland or Arizona, I could see. I could see him doing either of those jobs. But do you think he's in the NFL next year? My answer is yes. Yeah, mine is two. Mine is two. That statement was just ridiculous. <laughs> I expect not as ridiculous as when he like used a Bible verse to explain why he was going to have his two quarterbacks split the starts <laughs> at the beginning of the year. <laughs> as it says in the book of Job. <laughs> These Michigan men shall alternate series. I wish there was a passage in the Bible about using trick plays on fourth and goal. That would have helped out, Jim. Against TCU. That was what, what, an, what an amazing grift that he has of just every year. Every year. His name, like, he takes a pay cut. And then he beats Ohio State and gets the huge raise and just flirts with the NFL every other goddamn year. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, Rams, Seahawks. Are you convinced Seattle is not going to use the Russ pick on a quarterback? That's why I just brought up the thing about Lamar Jackson. Is that this is your thing. Is that you've been on Geno all year as a lover of Geno. Yeah. And he bounced back against the Jets. But... For the most part, great first half, very pedestrian second half of the season. What have you done for me lately? So the Seahawks are probably going to sign Geno Smith to some kind of deal where it gives him a raise, but it's easy to get out of the contract this offseason. That would be my guess. Yeah, I've been been talking about the Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, or like a Ryan Tannehill, like – you know, but that didn't preclude either one of those franchises from drafting quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Malik Willis. Yeah, and, and, and nor and nor should it, man. Like, listen, Spencer gave us this stat. Gino could break three franchise records on Sunday. He needs five completions for the Seahawks franchise record there, 151 passing yards and completion percentage. Gino's at 70.2. He's completing 70% of his passes still. And Russell Wilson was 68.8. So he's having a great year. He deserves to get paid, and I hope he gets paid by Seattle, and it still is among my favorite stories of the entire year. But having a top-five pick is a rarity in the NFL. And you can draft defensive players who can be great, right? Like, Miles Garrett is great. He's a great football player. He's not a bad pick. But he doesn't win you games unless everything else Yeah, I, I actually, looking back on it, do not feel like that was a great pick. But, but yeah, but uh, Jadavian Clowney, right? Chase Young. Like, if Washington had to do it again, are they taking Chase Young too? Or are they taking Justin Herbert too? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. But so it's going to be the same thing this year. People will be like, "Will Will Anderson is the highest graded player, followed by Jalen Carter." So and would you take Will Anderson or would you take 
uh, CJ Stroud if you're Seattle? It, I, this is such a cop out, but it depends on what you have CJ Stroud's value. Like, like I, I haven't watched every CJ Stroud game, you know, like I, 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 but, but my point is this, if you think that CJ Stroud can be a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. you have to draft him. You have to. And even if you think that Will Anderson is going to be a top five pass rusher and go to the hall of fame, it's just more valuable to have a top 12 quarterback on a rookie deal. So because, and because the, there's so many examples, man, like the, the, uh, the giants are a good example this year. Like when you think you're going into a year where you're going to be awful, just like a bunch of weird shit can happen. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're like right in the middle of the pack in the NFL. By the way, Spencer just alerted us that Schefter now has it that that game between the Bills and Bengals is officially canceled, which the AP and other outlets are reporting that that was basically going to happen. But they still don't have an answer on what they're going to do with the players. Well, hold on. Are you seeing this text from him, though? There's This is like 10 paragraphs. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Well... I mean, I hate I hate reading on the radio, so I don't really know how I feel about reading on podcasts. But all right, so canceling the game between Bills and Bengals creates potential competitive inequities in certain playoff scenarios. In an effort to mitigate those inequities, NFL clubs will consider tomorrow in a special league meeting a resolution recommended by the commissioner and approved today by the competition committee consisting of two elements. One, the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed below. Scenario one, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Okay. So that means, by the way, that the Chiefs would not be able to host five straight AFC Championship games at Arrowhead. Scenario two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo-Kansas City Championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario three, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City Championship game would be at a neutral site. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18... It will have defeated Cincinnati, a division opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will for a 17-game schedule. Wow, I didn't even consider that. Um, If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wildcard game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. Holy cow. If Cincinnati wins the Week 18 game, or if Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play another in the wild card round, the game sites would be determined by the regular scheduling procedures. And then here's a quote from Roger Goodell. As we considered the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities. I recognize that there is no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision not to play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. Dude, this is exactly how I what I said at the beginning. Like, this is very well thought out. They clearly had a ton of people in the room, and they're going to let them vote on it, and none of those scenarios are perfect. 
Like I could see the Chiefs being like, wait a minute. We have the most wins. We played the most games. We don't get to have Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game. Yeah, but- I, th- th- this is why I said, you know, you're you're making you're making a bad situation more complicated. Don't you think there's going to be a lot of questions raised about the quote unquote neutral site? Where is it? How did the tickets get dispersed? I, I mean, I think you just do it. You, you do it as you do it. No, but my point is like you do it. You just do it as best you can. Like I, I mentioned Indy because like you can drive KC to Indy. I've done it before. You can drive Buffalo to Indy. Like it's probably like 400, 500 miles from, from each, from each city, split the tickets, treat it like, like a bowl game, you know, just like do your best. Do your best. The the coin flip for the AFC North one, though, is kind of wild. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincinnati, a division opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati would have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore would for a 17-game schedule. That's a tough break for Baltimore. So like they could they could beat them twice, but because they have an extra game on the schedule, have the worst win percentage, and then lose a coin toss and have to play the playoff game in Cincinnati, that's a tough break. Can you just help me with this for a second? Hmm. Let's leave the Chiefs out for one minute. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. If the Bills lose and they're 12 and four, and the Bengals win and they're 12 and four. Who gets the two seed? If the Bills lose, their record's 12 and four. If the Bengals win, their record is also 12 and four. Right. And so there's no head to head. Right. Because Uh the game got canceled. Right. So who's the two and who's the three? Um, Who had, so I don't have the advanced standings up. Okay. Me neither. Can, but, Spencer, but, can you give me winning? I think I think it's winning percentage in conference, right? Because they okay. wouldn't have had that. And that would include a Bills loss to the Patriots and a Bengals win over the Ravens. So that would add a conference win for Cincinnati and add a conference loss for Buffalo, right? Correct. So that really does not fix the problem for me. What I just laid out there, which could happen. It's not likely, but it could. That does not fix the problem, in my opinion, of making the Bills Bengals game a no contest. Because now you're going to remove that game and act like it didn't happen. And because that game didn't get played between those two teams, somebody's going to benefit in terms of seed. And someone's going to get the benefit of if those two teams played in the divisional round, it wouldn't be a neutral site. It'd either be back in Cincinnati or in Buffalo. So right. is that, that, that to me seems to be left out of this whole thing. Well, so you're saying okay, yeah, because if the well, what if the Chiefs lose? So if the Chiefs lose and the Bills win, then the Bills are the one seed, and no neutral sites would happen. Yeah, because the Bills would be thirteen and three, and the and the and the Chiefs would be thirteen and four. Thirteen and correct. Four. Okay, so that so that's the cleanest scenario: is the Chiefs losing and Buffalo winning. 
and Buffalo just getting the one seed, the buy, and home field advantage. And then nobody has a neutral site game. Yeah, man. I Let's just – I mean, that's fascinating, and that's breaking news, obviously, as we're going, and that's a lot of scenarios that they also have to kind of vote on. Yeah, right? that's, so, not a, that's not a done deal yet. But none of this is a done deal, so like, yeah. I don't want to like spend time like confusing everybody and getting in the weeds by the time you're listening to this. Yeah. They might have already had the vote, but – yeah, that's like a 500-word press release in the middle of the pod. That's There's a lot of contingencies there. So Buffalo and Cincinnati would be tied in division 3-3, three and three, and conference record would also be 8-3. Maybe three. they'd flip a coin on that, too, to see who's the 2 and who's the 3 seed. Right, if it, if it goes to that many tiebreakers and they didn't get to play head-to-head. Um, all right, let's 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 speed this up here. Um, we're gonna set we left a, off. We did Seattle and the Rams. Yep, we're going to set a record here, Spencer. Uh all right, Brown Steelers, your squad making the playoffs, Steelers? Oh, man, my heart says yes, they are. Wow. But, but my brain. Okay, yeah. My yeah. brain. Good for you. My brain is concerned with two things. Can you go, can you go through it? It's Steelers win and Dolphins and Patriots need to lose, right? Yep. Okay. My brain says this. The Jets now are going to either start Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson at quarterback. Now, Skylar Thompson looks like Miami's quarterback. The Jets' defense, which has been ranked in the top five all year, regardless of quarterback, should beat Skylar Thompson. But I'm worried about that because they were eliminated for the playoffs last week. Yep. Then the other thing goes back to what we were talking about with Tennessee and Jacksonville. Why are the Steelers at home only a two and a half point favorite against the Browns? The Browns are out. They've been out since they lost two weeks ago at home to New Orleans. The Steelers are red hot. Their quarterback has won two games late and has looked like a baller. They've played much better since TJ Watt has gone back in. Everybody raves about Mike Tomlin's coaching and how this is another example of him as an upper echelon coach. The Steelers always beat the Browns. It's a hammer versus nail rivalry. Outside 18, of that, one, 18 straight, right? 18 straight for Pittsburgh at home against Cleveland. Well, with the exception of that playoff game, which we try not to talk about here. Yeah, regular season, regular season. So why is it only two and a half, Danny? I'm flummoxed by that. Why isn't it? Why isn't it more like a touchdown? Is it because Deshaun's playing better? Do you think he is? I think he like flashed a little bit recently, but he it hasn't looked consistent. Um. How much do people in Pittsburgh I, – I don't have a good answer for you. I, it feels like Pittsburgh has much more to play for in this game, but it's still Deshaun Watson against Kenny Pickett. That might be a part of it. Um, how big of a deal is it to Steelers fans? Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. Because if he wins this game, he's 9-8. and eight. I honestly think most fans are sick of it. Really? Yeah. I think they're fatigued by it. It's kind of one, insane. What year is Tomlin? This is 16. It's pretty ridiculous, man. Yeah. Now, he had <laughs> Roethlisberger for 14 of those years. I know. I know. Because there was the 1-8-8 eight eight season where he had to get by with Mason Rudolph and Doc Hodges. You know, but, having Hall of Fame quarterback helps, obviously. But that's... Uh, but this will be six years without a playoff win if they don't get it done in January. Yeah, I don't... Burks I don't think they're making it. Um, Cardinals, Niners. Well, we kind of touched on this. Arizona, the best head coaching job open this offseason. I would be a firm no on that. 
So who's better? Chargers. Who's next? And who's I, don't if, I, I don't know the Chargers coming open. Um, yeah. Then who? Man, I, I would. I, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would rather have no quarterback than 250 million in a quarterback that I don't believe in who's small. You know, so like Carolina with draft picks in a very winnable, wide open division and a good defense feels to me like the path to winning there is easier going through Tampa that could be blown up Atlanta New Orleans right like it I I, I'd almost say like Carolina's a better job because it's more of a clean slate there's a lot of things that you have to like you got to go backwards in Arizona before you could start building well the only thing I'll say about that is these coaches are are hired to be fired who knows that the coach that ends up there is there for the end of the Murray deal in the short term, it might not be the worst thing. He's still, I think, probably a top, definitely a top 20 quarterback. Probably yeah. more like a top 15. And we're trying to figure out, is it Cliff Kingsbury or is it Kyler Murray? You know, last year they were good for what? The first 10 or 11 games of the season? Kyler Murray was playing good football. So he was the number one overall pick. Part of that is because Kingsbury wanted him, but... I do think that there are coaches out there who will talk themselves into get me Kyler Murray and that beats the unknown of a draft pick or inheriting a team that's using a bridge or stopgap quarterback. So I think it's much higher on the list than you do. Okay. Um, Spencer said, and then Call of Duty came out and then Kyler Murray fell apart. Um, this year he just got injured, so he had an excuse to play. Yeah, we had plenty of time to game. Uh, by the way, do we have a bet yet that we've agreed on for the show? No, no, we'll find one. We still have okay, time. Well, because I mean, you, you mentioned Jaguars, I bet the Chargers, and then the line moved horribly against me. Um, Bengals have won and covered, by the way, in seven straight games, and they're 20 and three against the spread in their last 23 games. Awesome, Love 20 it. and three. Something to think about. Um, your question for Bucks Falcons was, is there any way that Brady stays in Tampa? Can we just say no and move on? I mean, it's unbelievable what he did last week and he looks better since he's now dating a 26 year old, but he is, oh yeah, dude, you didn't see the, the model that he was, you know, you're up such with? a prick because you got on me all year for like the salacious <laughs> Brady stuff. And as soon as he has like a new hot chick. You're on it way more than I am. Which, in the debate of who is a larger pervert, <laughs> you or me, which has been an endless debate for the better part of 15 years, <laughs> you are now leading. <laughs> You've now pulled back in front. Uh, I just Googled Tom Brady new girlfriend, and I uh, I sent it to the show chat. You just, yeah. you just pull that one up, buddy. So you think it's 0.0? I think it's pretty close to 0.0. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a free agent. They're not going to win there. He's going to make some sort of – he's going to certainly make a play for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. We all know that. And then beyond that, he'll try to be a mercenary. 
and go to the best team that'll have him. And someone will do it. I don't know who, but I mean, who, which one, what team makes sense if it's not San Francisco? Well, I would just say, how hard is it, would it be for Tampa Bay to hire the right coach there? The division is still very winnable. Bring in a running back and get their offensive line healthy. Yeah. It's, I mean, and then to your previous point, why would you want to leave a good situation in terms of path to the playoffs, which worked so well for him in New England for all those years? Yeah, no, that, that part's true. He just, if the reports are that he wanted to leave to go to Miami, you know. Why do you want to go in a division with Josh Allen? And if he, why would you want to go team up with Josh McDaniels and play Herbert and Mahomes? No, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think he wants to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't think he wants to do that. It's kind of infuriating that he's at 45 years old, able to go 34 for 45 with 432 passing. I'm, three, I'm putting it at 30. Open. I'm putting it at 33% that he's back in Tampa. Okay. I'll, oh, put wow. like, I'll put it like 5%. Oh, you just got the text. Yeah. Yeah. Put up 432 yards. <laughs> Found the youth. Uh, Texans Colts. All right, here we go. Who should be the number one pick in the draft? Oh, man. It's The answer for me is Bryce Young, but even as I say that, he's so small, and you just you just regaled us with stories of small quarterbacks and your disdain and open dislike for them with Kyler Murray. He's so frail and he's so tiny. And, and Tua, man. And Tua. Yeah. Like, that's another one that I just never bought into. Like, now, Russ is the is an outlier there. He had a great run. You know, it quarterbacks are protected. It it can happen, but it's dude, it's unbelievable that the Bears could have Justin Fields. And all that needs to happen is the Texans need to beat the Colts and Nate Peterman needs to lose to the Vikings. And the Bears will have Justin Fields and the number one pick in the draft. So I think that they're gonna trade the number one pick for a ransom and hope that someone falls in love or someone's fall in love with Bryce Young. So I think that Bryce Young will be the number one pick, but it's a fascinating spot for Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager, like because he didn't draft Justin Fields and the passing numbers are awful. And I think that that is largely because of the receivers and the offensive line. But do you think your listeners will want to have that discussion? Would you rather have Stroud or Fields? Would you rather have Young or Fields? It no, they they hate they hate it. But it is you should force it on them. I'm going to. Thank I'm you. going to. And I'm a big Justin Fields guy. Like I I I but here here's my point. You have every year the single most valuable asset that any team has in the NFL is the number one pick in the draft. Because you can take anybody in college and you can get them for five years, four of which are cheap. And with a couple of franchise tags, you can control their rights for seven years. If you think that the number one pick in the draft is a future Hall of Fame quarterback... And you have any doubts that your guy who's going into year three of that isn't who you also could get a ton for in a trade. Like 
you have to at least consider it. Like you have to go to Bryce Young's pro day. You yeah. have to. Do you like, think the Colts and Bears would work on a secret deal to throw the game and then make a trade? Indy to move up to Chicago's number one pick. Oh, I like that. In cahoots together? Yeah, maybe. I like that. That's like, hey, if we let Houston beat us, <laughs> can we get like a little bit of a discount? Small discount. Yeah. And again, for the record, I'd be dev- I'd be devastated if the Bears traded Justin Fields. Like he's the most exciting offensive Bears player of my lifetime. Period. Like, I'd be devastated if they traded Justin Fields. But he has to think about it. He has to. Because, and let me ask you this. What do you think you'd get for Justin Fields in a trade? Oh, man. I think you'd, I think you'd start with, I think you'd start with the Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson packages. Okay. Right now. And what do you think you'd get for the number one pick in the trade, in a trade? You would not get anywhere near as much as that. So you think you'd get more for Justin Fields than for Bryce Young? Yes, I do. Yep. Okay. Well, then you absolutely need to consider what I'm talking about, even though it would kill me as a Bears fan. You'd have to consider it if you have any doubts about Fields. Well, you're going to kill it in the ratings when you raise these hypotheticals for the next two to three months. I need it. Um. All right, last. This is what a, what a dud we're ending on. Panthers Saints. <laughs> is Wilkes going to be the head coach? Dude, I mean, it's been a gr- it's like a really cool story, and he's done. I mean, he's done a good job. Objectively, he's done a good job there as the head coach. Given what happened, they get rid of McCaffrey. They've gone through three different quarterbacks, all of that stuff, Danny. Yeah. But if you're the second richest owner in the NFL, I feel like you're settling if you keep Steve Wilkes. Like, yeah, you might I have a top it. 20 coach, but you want to have a guy that you feel like is a top 10 competitive advantage type coach. Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. It might be the best job opening. You know, so. It, Which I don't really get that. I don't know how, I mean, Sam, who's their quarterback next year? But again, like if you feel like you're just a quarterback away, I know like other than that, Mrs. Yeah, Lincoln. I really get it. Play. They're going to have a draft pick that's in the middle. I know. I know. But, but you could, but I'm saying like. Your franchise has been a quarterback away for a hundred years. <laughs> okay. But yeah. But okay. But so like, but, but again, like for example, that roster's not bad, right? No, veteran it's not. quarterbacks change spots all the time. Is it completely beyond the realm of possibility that Aaron Rodgers is interested, or Tom Brady yes. is interested, or Tom Brady is interested? Like neither one of those guys are going there. Okay, I think if you could if you could have a situation like we saw with Alex Smith or uh, Stafford. I think if you knew you could get, say, Derek Carr. That's another one. I think you might, you know, that then it becomes a more attractive job. Because everything you've said, that division, especially if Brady leaves, is going to be very winnable next year. It's wide open. Even with Brady, it's wide open, man. He'll yeah. be 46. Yeah, what are we talking about? They're 8-8 eight, they're eight and eight right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wide open. 
All right. Well, longest longest pot of the year. Good to be back. Well, we had a, we had a press release that looked like the Dead Sea Scrolls come out in the middle of it. <laughs> I was I, you're a very well read man. I was curious which uh, li- what literary reference you were going to drop there. So the Dead Sea Scrolls did not disappoint. Um, are, are people in Pittsburgh excited? Dreading this? How they? How do, how are they? How are they feeling oh, no. in week 18? No, they're excited. I mean, this is almost house money for them. We didn't expect okay. to be in this situation, so we're up for it. All right. Well, all right, all right, we, what's our bet? What's our bet? How are we going 3-0? Oh? We fade in the Sharps? We lay in it with the Jaguars? Uh, we've already done a Jacksonville bet. We've already done a Jacksonville bet. We have. Do we want to We want to bet uh, for DeMar Hamlin? We want to lay the seven and say, screw Bill Belichick. He's not, he's not. I'm okay with that. I'll do that. I like that idea. The DeMar Hamlin bet. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. You Let's better make, it. you got to make it. We're two and oh. Dude, I've done the other two. Why wouldn't I do it? It's okay. Worth- I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. All right. Bill's minus seven is the show bet. We will talk Sunday night. Oh, that's a good idea. Proceeds go to his charity. I'm in you with that. You want to, yep. we'll make a first millions. We'll make a first. Yeah. We'll push it over 7.3 million. Uh, we'll make a, we'll make a first in pod uh, donation to the charity in the amount of, uh, of a bet or something. All right. Good idea, Spencer. See you. See you guys. Talk to you after the game. Twenty four hundred sports is an odyssey company. 